السلام عليك يا أبا عبد الله السلام عليك يا ابن رسول الله السلام عليك يا خيرة الله وابن خيرته السلام عليك يا ابن أمير المؤمنين وابن سيدنا الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to episode number 7 of Reflections on Ziyarat Ashura brought to you by Mizan Institute. Ya Aba Abdullah, laqad azumatil raziyatu wa jallat wa azumatil musibatu bika alayna wa ala jami'i ahlil islam. O Aba Abdullah, unbearable is the sorrow and excruciating is the tragedy that befell you for us and for all the people of Islam. It is unbearable for us and all of the people of Islam. This part of the ziyara is continuing after um, the parts where, in the beginning where we addressed the Imam and really established the significance of this personality, the importance of this figure in Islam. Imam Hussein salam was the son of Rasulullah, the son of Amirul Mu'mineen, Son of Fatima, Sayyidat Nisa al Alameen. He was Thar Allah and Ibn Tharihi. And in the end, although he had all these titles, although he was this important, he was also Al Witr al Mautur, the lonely one. And um, what is very, what I find as a great honor is that right after we sent our salams in the beginning of the ziyarah to the Imam and addressed him with all those different titles. Right after that, there is mention of the Al-Arwah Allati Those souls that settled in your garden. I just find it mind-blowing how you might seldom find a ziyarah of Imam Hussain in which the companions of the Imam are not mentioned in one way or another. That is just so beautiful. That is just so honorable to always be mentioned alongside the Imam. Here in the ziyarah as well, after we've gone through all those titles, we make sure that we pair Imam Hussein with his companions. These individuals are going to always be with their Imam, even when we're, we're mentioning the Imam. So not even physically speaking here, not even spiritually speaking here, and where their souls are located, not even talking in that sense. Even when we're speaking of them in a ziyarah, we are going to mention them. So that's just something I wanted to say on the side. So after we've gone through all of that, now mention of the tragedy mention of how unbearable the tragedy is, that is what begins. This was a great musibah, one of the greatest masaib of all that befell the Holy Prophet and Ahlul Bayt So we have a hadith that I want to share with you that speaks of the greatness of this tragedy because in a Islamic and even let's say Shia perspective and Shia context let's say there were other great masaib and tragedies the death of Fatima al-Zahra salam, the death of Imam Ali salam, their martyrdoms um, Rasulullah's departure all of these were masaib as well and so people during the times of the Imams it seems they had this question as well of okay well Imam Hussein's musibah is great but we have other masaib as well other tragedies as well how does this compare to those? So in this hadith, 
It says that Imam al-Sadiq was asked about why the day of Ashura is considered a day of tragedy, grief, sorrow, tears, and wailing. But the same doesn't hold for the day the Prophet passed away and Lady Fatima left this world and the day Imam Ali was killed and the day Imam Hassan was poisoned. So this is a question that is posed to Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq in regards to these masaib, these tragedies. So the Imam answered by saying that the tragedy of this day is much greater than any other day. The reason being that the members of the cloak, the kisa, who are the most noble of all creation for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, were five individuals. So when the Prophet left this world, Amirul Mu'mineen salam was left with Fatima and Hassan and Hussein salam. So the Imam goes on to explain how one after another they left this world, right? So after the Holy Prophet Lady Fatima passed away. Then uh, Imam Ali passed away. Then Imam Al-Hasan passed away. All the way until Imam Al-Hussein was left. So the Imam continues. He says, After Imam Al-Hasan, there was still Imam Hussein But when he left this dunya, there was no one left. So his departure was like the departure of all of the members of the cloak. This is pretty deep, brothers and sisters. That when you, even if you have one member of the cloak, one member of Ashabul Kisa left, it's as if, of course it's not equal to, but it is as if you still have Ashabul Kisa. But when all of them are gone, by the departure of the last of them, namely Imam Hussain, that is the great grand musibah, that is the grand tragedy. So he says, so his departure was like the departure of all of the members of the cloak, the same way his presence was like the presence of all five. This really sends chills down one's spine, brothers and sisters. Why? Because, hey, Muslim Ummah, like, where are you? What are you doing? What are you thinking? There's only one left of these five. You're supposed to revere this person, preserve this person, take the care of this person. But what in the world did you do to this person? His presence is, when you see Imam Hussein salam, as if it's as if you see all of Ashabul Kisa. That's what this hadith is telling us. And so, with his departure, it's as if all of them have now departed. And so the Imam concludes, Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq he says, because of this, his day is the greatest tragedy. Now, of course, I want to say that this is from one angle, of course. From another angle, none of the Imams, none of the Ahlul Bayt went through what Imam Al-Hussein went through as well. So that also, from that angle, it is also the greatest of tragedies. But it's very interesting how Imam Sadiq puts his finger on this aspect. And so it's because of all of this, brothers and sisters, that our scholars, our maraja' throughout history, they have emphasized that, look, you have to make sure that the aza of Imam Hussein, the mourning uh, for Imam Hussain and everything that you do for his martyrdom is different than the rest of the Ahlul Bayt. Yes, we will commemorate uh, the shahadat of uh, the other members of the Ahlul Bayt. We will do that. We will remember them, their wilada, their shahada. But Imam Hussain's aza has to stand out. This is something that they have emphasized. It has to be different. Why? Because the tragedy was different. The goal and aim was different. Everything about Imam Hussain everything about Ashura 
and the and the martyrdom of Imam Hussein alayhi salam is different than the rest. And so his mourning has to be different as well. And as we can see, I mean, no other Imam is commemorated the way Imam Hussein is commemorated. In one way or another, some places they might do the first 10 days of Muharram. Some places they'll go for until Arba'een. Some places they will go till the end of Safar. Some places they will go all the way into Rabi' al-Awwal and end with uh, the martyrdom of Imam Hassan al-Askari, for example, alayhi salam. Whatever the culture does, whatever is uh, practiced by the people, at the end of the day, what we see, alhamdulillah, is that this um, incident of Karbala has been kept alive one way or another and stands out compared to everything else out there. And this is, one can easily say, this is something that Ahlul Bayt themselves have um, established as a culture of Tashayyu, of Shiaism. And of course, it goes beyond Shiaism even. So, Going back to the ziyara, لَقَدْ عَظُمَتِ الرَّزِيَّةِ وَجَلَّتْ وَعَظُمَتِ الْمُصِيبَةُ بِكَ عَلَيْنَا وَعَلَى جَمِيعِ أَهْلِ الْإِسْلَامِ Of course, us as Shia, it is unbearable for us, but not just for us. As I said in our previous session and episode, this is not something that is uh, only for the Shia. The musibah of Aba Abdullah Hussain Ashura represents all of haq versus all of batil of that time. You don't have to be Shia to see this. And that is what really sets this uh, incident apart from everything else. I mean, there were some who were confused about the Battle of Jamal. Which side is Haq? Which side is Batil? There were some who were confused about Safin. Which side is Haq? Which side is Batil? To the extent that you will find some uh, Wahhabi sheikhs, they say this. They say that uh, when it comes to the Battle of, for example, Safin, Ali was closer to the Haq. Muawiyah was farther away from the Haq. You will never hear the word batil. <laughs> you will hear that one was closer to haq, one was farther away from haq. Now, I'm not saying this is mainstream necessarily, but I've heard this and I've seen this being been said. Well, who was with the haq then in Safin? They'll say the Abu Musa al-Ash'aris and the Abdullah bin Umar's, the Sa'd bin Abi Waqqas's, these ones who stayed away from all of the fighting. They're the ones who were with the haq. Well, excuse me, then what was Imam Ali supposed to do as Khalifa to Muslimin when there are others who are causing fitna? Of course, he has to do what he has to do. He's not with the Haq. No, he's closer to the Haq. But the Sa'ads, the Abdullahs, the Abu Musas, who didn't give bay'ah to Amir al-Mumnin also, which is very interesting, um, they are with the Haq. Anyway, Haqq and Batil can sometimes be confused. The lines between them might be blurred for some, but when it comes to Ashura, brothers and sisters, who are we kidding? Everyone knows which side Haqq is and which side Batil is. End of story. No one, almost, let me actually correct myself, almost no one you will find that will say Imam al-Hussein was on the wrong side. Yes, he will hear voices here and there, unfortunately, who might say that... Uh, the bay'ah of Yazid was bay'ah shar'iyah. It was a legitimate bay'ah. And this individual will indirectly be implying that Imam Hussein was wrong in what he did. Na'udhu billah, na'udhu billah. We seek refuge in Allah from such, a, such an idea and such an opinion. You will find throughout history some that will say, Yes, قُتِلَ الْحُسَيْنِ بِسَيْفِ جَدِّهِ That Imam Hussein, he, became, he was killed because of the sword of his grandfather. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi. Why? Because the Prophet had said, if anyone causes fitna, destroy them 
you know, kill them. And so he was causing fitna. And I apologize for saying this even. Um, and may Allah forgive me for saying this. And, but yeah, this is not something, of course, we believe in one bit. But yeah, there are some who have said things like this. That Imam Hussein was the one who was causing problems. And so that is what the, that is what, what the guidelines are in regards to someone who is causing fitna and division is that they should be removed. But that is a very, very small number of people throughout history that might have said certain things. Or else, Jami'u Ahlil Islam, according to Ziyat Ashura, it was a musibah for Jami'u Ahlil Islam, for everyone. Anyone who says that I am Muslim and they are really a Muslim, this is a musibah for them. I mean, even those who might say Imam Hussein might have not made the best decision, na'udhu billah. Even them, they'll say, yeah, this was a tragedy at the end of the day. So it's a tragedy for everybody, anywhere on the spectrum that they fall of Islam. Why? Because all Muslims revere Imam al-Hassan all, all Muslims revere Imam al-Hussain because of the very explicit stories and hadiths that we have from the Holy Prophet now someone might say, well, there are some people who fast on this day. I think it's pretty clear that those who even fast, they're fasting because they have other hadiths talking about how this day is a day that Prophet Musa was saved, Prophet Adam, this happened, Prophet so-and-so, that happened. And so it's good to do, it is good to fast on this day. Not because Imam Hussein was killed. They're not fasting because Imam Hussein was killed. And inshallah, our brothers and sisters of the Shi'i school, they're able to reach out to their brothers of other schools of thought and sisters of other, of other schools of thought and explain to them that, look, a bigger thing happened on this day that really overshadows all of the good things that you might have hadith for and that we should be careful not to sound too joyous on this day just so that we sympathize at least with our brothers who are mourning and grievous on this day, the 10th of Muharram. But at the end of the day, no one's fasting because in this day and age because of the tragedy that befell Imam Hussain Yes, this might have been something that Banu Umayyah did back then to celebrate but uh, the death of Imam Hussain. But today, um, this is not the case, I would say. All right. In other words, I'm just trying to, what I'm trying to get at here is that this shouldn't be a reason for disunity and discord amongst the Muslimin. All right. Now, let's go back. One more point I want to make here before I end. And that is that if we, if the musibah of Imam Hussein is so great and we love Imam Hussein so much, then do you, is it possible for you, to, for you to love someone but then also not hate their enemy, not hate their killer and torturer? Of course, like it's impossible. You can't not hate their enemy. Then why is it, it may be asked, then why is it that there are some people who say this was a great musibah. But what do they do? They are hesitant to call out Yazid. They are hesitant to hate Yazid. They are hesitant to send la'na and, uh, and to curse Yazid. Why is that the case? That's a question that some might have. To answer this, we have to understand, brothers and sisters, that the people out there, they're different types of people. There are some who get the opportunity to look into matters and research them. There are others who just follow whatever others will say. And so I want to group people into four groups. Those who um, are not from the Shi'i school of thought. Because in the Shi'i school of thought, it's pretty clear. You love Imam Hussein, 
you mourn the tragedy of Imam Hussein, and of course you hate the enemies of Imam Hussein salam. You hate Yazid. We know that I don't think there's any Shia out there who would like Yazid. But why is it, as I said, that some are hesitant? Because there are different groups of people. There are some who will love Imam Hussein, and they will hate those directly involved. We have to understand this. Directly involved in the massacre of Ashura. Directly involved in the killing of Imam Hussein salam. In other words, they will hate Ibn Ziyad, they will hate Shimr, they will hate Umar ibn Sa'ad. Why do they hate Ibn Ziyad? Because Ibn Ziyad is the one who gave the command to kill Imam Hussein. They will hate Shimr and Umar ibn Sa'ad because they were there on the plains of Karbala, drawing their swords. So these people, this group of people, they will love Imam Hussein. They'll say, yeah, look, we do hate the enemy of Imam Hussein. But the enemy is who? The enemy is Ibn Ziyad. The, the enemy is... Uh, Shimr and Umar ibn Sa'ad and these people but we can't really hate Yazid we're not sure if he wanted this to happen or not no matter how much history you show these people brothers and sisters they just aren't convinced they say look some of our scholars are saying look Yazid had some good traits he had some bad traits so we can't hate him we can't send la'na on him we say okay whatever you know what can we say well, the best we can do is to show them history show the bad and how much the bad outweighs the good the things that have been attributed to Yazid that he has said but yeah Yazid he tried to get away from this get, get away from all of this and try to uh, save himself from getting tainted with Ashura when the prisoners um, of the caravan of Imam Hussein were taken to Sham they were taken and were placed in the presence of, of uh, Yazid what happens is slowly the tables begin to turn and Yazid, see, he feels the heat. He feels like he's getting in trouble for what's happened. So he starts to wash his hands of this crime and of the blood of Imam Hussein. And, you know, we have accounts where he's like cursing Ibn Ziyad and saying, I didn't want this to happen. Why did Ibn Ziyad do this? So there will always be people who will fall for this, unfortunately. And they will say, okay, Yazid, you know, we don't have too much of an... He, he didn't want to do this. It was Ibn Ziyad's fault. Okay, so that's one group of people. So they are still acknowledging at least that we hate those who were directly involved in killing Imam Hussein. There are some who will go a little further though. It looks a little better with them, a little better. They'll say that we love Imam Hussein and yes, we hate Yazid and we do acknowledge that it was his, it was his fault. But we will love Muawiyah, for example. Muawiyah, he had told Yazid not to engage with Imam Hussein not to fight Imam Hussein So this is all Yazid's fault, Yazid onwards. That's another group. Okay, better than the first group. But still, the Shi'i school of thought will say that, look, it was more than just uh, Yazid. I mean, let's see men, who were the ones who prepared the grounds and paved the, paved the way for this. And so that's, their, and their, that's where we have another group of people. They will love Imam Hussein and hate even Muawiyah and Marwan and Amr bin al-As and these people. And they might not even believe in the absoluteness of the righteousness of the Sahaba even. They'll say, look, every person has good and bad. And they will be. They are to be judged according to their uh, report card and track record. And then, of course, there will be a very, very small number of people who make up Group Four who will say, "Wait a minute, let's go and see where the problem was from the beginning." They will go past even Muawiyah. They will make their way up all the way till Saqifah even, and they'll say, "Look, all of this kind of goes back to the fact that the Prophet did say something, and the Muslims just didn't listen." 
the Prophet did something about a successor and if successorship had gone to the right individuals, then it wouldn't have slowly made its way into the hands of the Banu Umayyah, whom the Prophet had talked about before and had said that they should never rule. What happened? What went wrong that we start with the Prophet but we end up with Yazid? How did that happen? So people, there are some, they are small in number, but they're there, of, of who are not Shia by the way. They don't believe in our Imams the way we do. They don't believe in their infallibility even, but they will have that audacity to say, look, we know the Prophet did say something and some people just didn't listen because they might have thought that, you know, that's just his opinion, personal opinion, and that they also had their own opinion and they felt that others are also um, deserving of successorship. Whatever it is, brothers and sisters, I just want to say that Jami'u Ahl al-Islam, all of the people of Islam and Muslimin, this was a tragedy for them. I want to you know, draw a conclusion from this, this line here, that according to Ziyarat Ashura, you can't be Muslim. You cannot be Muslim but not believe in this being a tragedy. If you are Muslim, you will believe that this was a musibah. And if you ever find yourself not thinking that this was a musibah, then maybe you can doubt the fact that you are Muslim. We seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh